Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to another interview, this special series of Refine and Renew, taking a different look, getting some objectivity about your yoga business and maybe thinking about changes that you might to might like to make as we begin to transition back into uh, the revelation phase, if you like, to use a, a Shiva Nataraj yoga nerd metaphor. Before we jump into today's conversation, which is a juicy one and I think might uh, stir up some stuff, so let me know if that's true uh, with Joanna Sapia. Before we get into that uh, quickly, uh, yesterday I had the beautiful opportunity of coaching a lot of folks, which was awesome, and there were some common threads that came up in the conversations that I was having. Um, and it's about this. It's about magnitude and reach. I had a message from uh, one of my clients to say that she had devised this uh, offering. In fact, she developed it based on content that she already had. And because all of the content was already made, uh, it could be delivered online. Hadn't been before, but could be. Um she had all of the material and she'd taught it before in person numerous times. She felt confident that it would make a great thing to offer now uh, online as a way to recover some of the uh, abundance, some of the prosperity that she was counting on coming in in-person uh, opportunities around this time. And the phrase she used with me was she thought it would be an easy sell. Okay, park that. Yesterday, I also spoke with somebody who is launching her first specialized 85-hour yoga teacher training. And uh, she's decided that she's going to start selling that in January, and she wants to have 25 people come along. Now, she's an expert in this field. She has been doing it a long time. And arguably, she has, um, she has credibility in the industry when it comes to this particular niche. But what she doesn't have is a strong following. In fact, she's got fewer than 1,000 people following her on Instagram and her Instagram account, as I said to her with love, uh, is an abomination. <laughs> so the, I want us to consider these two case studies because they're important and they're going to segue beautifully into what you're going to learn from Joanna. I want to make the point that there is a very important distinction between what is an easeful offer and what is an easeful sell, i.e. student attraction, because they're not the same thing. Just because something is easy for you to put together, you love it, you have all of the material, it's a beautiful idea, you wake up in the morning and you're like, yes, uh, can't wait to share this with the world doesn't necessarily translate into charging in your bank account. I wish that that were the case. It's simply not. And it's nothing to do with you and your offer having value. It's not to do with that at all. What it's about is the size of your reach, the number of people in your cooler. How big is your sangha? And if it's small, no matter how brilliant, amazing, 
innovative, life-changing, magnetic your thing is, if you're talking to a small group of people, you're going to have a small number of people say yes, a significantly smaller number than the total number of people. In fact, reality check, about 1%. So for everybody, all y'all, everybody, you know, I think I'm up to like 60 coaching sessions so far this past month spoken to a lot of you. I want you to get this point. An easy offer is not the same as an easy sell. And the easefulness of offering your beautiful thing, you should feel all of those things about it, but the, the easeful way of making sure that everybody that you desire to come into the program says yes and does, whatever it is, class, virtual retreat, yoga teacher training online, Costa Rica 2021, whatever it is, that becomes easeful, yes, when the thing is awesome and you love, 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 love it. But two, when your sangha, when your community is large enough so that by the time you get the 1% of the people that are going to say, oh, yes, please, that has got me all over it, that's not two people but 20. We need to think about the magnitude of your community, the number of people who hear what you have to say, the number of people who already know who you are, who aren't meeting you for the first time from a Facebook ad, but have been following you for months and commenting on your material and getting benefit from your lives and getting to know you because they're watching your YouTubes and your IGTV. Growing your community, having a big, beautiful bunch of people who love getting your stuff is essential for making prosperity in your business feel more easeful. An easy sell happens when there is one, a great thing to offer and enough people to offer it to. You need both. Okay. I think I've hammered that point enough. <laughs> Quickly then, uh, if you want to learn how to grow your community, that's what Social Media Confidence for Yoga Teachers is about. So if you are thinking, oh, shit, I've only got 800 followers, maybe I need to work on that. Yeah, girl, if you if you suspect that I might think your Instagram is an abomination or as uh, one of my beautiful clients yesterday at the end of our coaching call, she's booked another session and she said, she's telling, running me through what she wants to talk about at our next session. And one of her bullet points was sad Facebook page. <laughs> if you have an abomination of an Instagram account or a sad Facebook page, if, like seriously, if you are looking to reach out and connect with more people for when the time comes to offer them something gorgeous so that it is more easeful, you need to be in this program. You've got till Sunday night to get in it. And folks, that is my Sunday night. It's my business. We, so my business runs in my time zone and in my currency. So all y'all people over there in the UK who sign up a day late for everything and then say, but it was still Sunday for me. I love you. If this is my business, you, if you, you sign up by Saturday, if you're not in my time zone, just to be sure, just to be safe, you know, I don't want you to miss out. <laughs> oh, I love you all. Seriously. The best. All right, everybody, uh, I'll start rabbiting on and leave you with uh, Joanna. She, like I said, this one might be a little controversial. If it triggers stuff in you, as always, um, you know, let that let those be angel messengers, as my uh, mentor would say. Journal on that. What is it about that that might pique your um, resistance or your inner dialogue or your vasana? 
uh, and and dig into it uh, because there will be gold in there. And if you're just listening to everything Joanna says, like I was, and you'll see, you'll hear it in the interview. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you're getting a whole lot of uh huh, yes, please, that's for me. Um, let me know. Hit me up on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Okay, folks, enjoy. Hey, folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to another episode of the podcast or YouTube or however you're finding us. It's great to have you here. Uh, We're having some great conversations all week long, essentially looking at, well, shiz, you know, the world got weird and um, we're at home more and maybe you're homeschooling and working another job and doing a lot of things. Maybe you're not, maybe you're starting to think about things slightly differently and looking at your priorities. And that includes how you might be considering how you operate your business, the goals you have for your business, how you conduct yourself in business and maybe thinking things could be better, which is uh, where I would like to introduce our guest of the moment. Joanna, welcome to uh, this special series of conversations all about um, just taking another look and maybe refining what it is that we're doing in business. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Where I don't actually know where you are on the planet specifically. I'm in Northern California, about an hour north of San Francisco in Sonoma County, which a lot of people know it's wine country. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I fell in love with someone up there. (laughs) It's a a long time. Nice place to fall in love. It's beautiful up here, yeah. (laughs) Well, welcome. Uh, Let's start by tell everybody who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I am a business coach and I work with health and wellness practitioners and coaches and I help them properly price and package and sell their services to get long-term clients and steady predictable income. And for right now, so that as if people are listening, they can also be stalking. Where can we find you on the internet? Um, my website would be the best place. That's joannasapir.com. It's J-O-A-N-N-A. And my last name is S like Sam, A-P like Paul, I-R. It's a good name. Yeah. And the same on Instagram, joannasapir on Instagram? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, everybody, while we're going on to keep on talking, go get your phone and go to Instagram and open Joanna's Instagram, follow her, and then look for all of those pictures of her doing like crazy weightlifting. Can we talk quickly about that? What? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what would you like to know? Well, like, I mean, um, what do I want to know? Is that a, so you said to me before that you had a bricks and mortar fitness business. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I had, that was my kind of entry into business. Mm -hmm. And I had actually been a high school history teacher for 10 years. And I almost started the the fitness business almost by accident. It's actually, um, I can't say by accident. I mean, I made the decision, but probably like most people listening, I started it because I sort of fell in love with this fitness stuff. I fell in love with this thing that changed my life. Yeah. And I went, I want to share this with everyone else. I want other people to experience this, right? So I've I started this business. I've never heard business. a yoga teacher say that, ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? With zero experience in business. Yes. I'm like a public school teacher, you know? And yes. so that's really how I earned my business chops. And yeah, there were yeah. some definite lows. Um, a story I talk about is that within my first year, I ended up in the emergency room 
And I had broken out in like some crazy rash on my body and I had a fever and I didn't know what was going on. And I get to the hospital and they start running all these tests and they can't figure it out. And it's like two hours in, it just hit me. I went, oh, this is stress. (laughs) This is just from stress. This is just my body going like, you can't do this. And so that was my big wake up call in that, oh, I need to learn how to run a business. Um, you know, so, um, so that's how I started. That's, that's how that business began. And that's when I decided, okay, I want really want to do this. I really want to make this a successful business. And I actually fell in love with the business side of things. Um, and so kept going on that path. Yeah. You know, I think in, um, off topic, but just business coach to business coach. It seems to me that there are so many people in the industry who call themselves business coaches who haven't actually had a business until they became a business coach. And it's so nice to talk to somebody who's got significant experience working in the type of business that you're then supporting people with. And the things that, you know, you would have overcome and had to handle would be very, very similar to what a lot of studio owners would be working through. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. So, and then the weightlifting is the weightlifting. It's really interesting. I mean, I didn't discover, um, this is Olympic style weightlifting. So a lot of times people get it mixed up with, um, powerlifting, which is a different thing. And some people say bodybuilding, it's not bodybuilding. That's the thing where they judge you on the way you look. So Olympic style weightlifting is in the Olympics. You've seen it. It's with the barbell. There's just two lifts. And, um, and so I came upon this sport at quite an older age at 34 years old, I'm 45 now. And so I was already considered a master's athlete at that point. And, you know, I saw, I was, I was training with a coach who did this and I, I was getting ready to be kind of, I wanted to teach these movements in my gym. So I was training under a really top level coach who is still my coach today, all these years later, more than a decade later. And, um, and I just remember there was this sign on the wall one day that said the bad girl open. And it was a competition called the bad girl open. And I was like, what's that? I want to do that. What's that? (laughs) And so I, so my coach was like, well, sure. Okay. I mean, I had so little experience in the sport and I went and I placed, I think I got second place or something. And, uh, And then I was just hooked after that. So continued competing for, um, for many, many years. I, I haven't competed in three years now. I'm not sure I will, but I competed for a long time. Won the master's national championship. Wow. Yeah. What does it do still, to your knees? I still, That's a, such my, a yoga teacher question. What does it do to your knees? <laughs> I mean, I think it's part of what keeps me young and strong, you know. Yes, no doubt. Um, yeah. I, I feel very um, capable and I can't imagine ever not doing it. I don't need to compete anymore. I don't feel that need. But yeah. in this um, shelter in place time, a couple weeks in, I don't have a home gym or anything. And a couple weeks in, I was like, I'm craving a barbell. And I just had to go borrow one from someone. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's part of my life at this point. I love it. Okay. Thank you for take, going on a little tangential journey with me. Oh, that was fun. All right. So yeah. you said at the top that, um, you know, you support um, wellness practitioners, folks like us with pricing and packaging. And I know that, um, 
both of those are issues that a, a lot of yoga teachers face, particularly freelancers, so people who work for themselves, rent their own space, own their own gear, might teach at different locations. Um, all sorts of stuff comes up with like self-worth and stuff about not only what are my rates and how much should I charge, but also the fear of sort of asking for more than one sale at a time, you know, putting things together. Um, you know, I know for, I used to have a client who was a, a yoga therapist and we talked a little bit about packaging and she was so hesitant about pushing services onto somebody. If you sell more than one thing at a time, how can you know that you'll need that much? So there's a lot of kind of, I'm on board with this too, but I'm really excited about this conversation because I think there's a fair bit of baggage in our industry about what pricing and packaging, how it can help business and how it's also good for the customer. So tell us more. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a total win-win. I mean, it serves your clients so much better than a session by session and or even pack of sessions model. So since um, since you know I had the gym, I really I remember learning this very specifically with one client. It was the hard way. It was there was this guy and his name was Greg. And you know, before I before I understood how to do this right. He wanted personal training and what we sold was these packs of sessions, you know, so he bought a pack of 10 sessions and after the 10 sessions were done, he left, he, he didn't come back. And I just remember feeling like he was probably the first person who was very early in the business to, mm-hmm. to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what went wrong? And he said, you know, I wasn't seeing results. And I just went, oh my goodness, I, I didn't. I didn't do anything to get him results. I just had him show up at these sessions. That's all it was about was, yeah, just come to your personal training session. I hadn't designed a program based on his goals and where he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And when I stepped back and went, okay, who was he? What were his goals? What did he want to do? What did he want to achieve? What I would have given him would have been so much more than 10 sessions, right? Yes, It would have been, I would have said, um, you know, you should come in two times a week and train for, let's look at six months. And I would have been talking about a nutrition plan and tracking his sleep, right? And been having much deeper conversations and Mm -hmm. providing even even supplementary services to just coming in and training, but also making sure that he was training on a particular schedule rather than, you know, leaving it to him to schedule and decide. And so that was just the big kind of light bulb moment. And from that point on, I really started designing these programs for people based on their goals and what they wanted to achieve and what it would take to get them there. Now, on the reverse side, as a client, here I was a competitive weightlifter, really working my body, right? Hard and training for multiple competitions a year. And so I had my own, um, like body workers in particular. I saw various body workers, right, to keep me healthy. So, you know, I had a shoulder thing, which everybody's got, you know, any like competitive athletes got something. I had a shoulder thing, but then also it was just just simply keeping me healthy, keeping me mobile, keeping my tissue um, healthy. And so I found incredible practitioners, incredible body workers that I would work with, but it was the same thing I got as a client that that I had seen the failings Uh. of, which was I'd show up for a session and that would be it, you know? And they might be like, so when do you want to come in next? And maybe they'd schedule another session, 
but I never was very clear, like, what's our plan here? You know, mm. I've got this competition coming up in three months. Like, is there a plan? Like, so am I, should I be coming in once a week? And what are we doing? What are you doing? <laughs> right? What is this yeah. about? And so I saw that from both sides. So um, fast forward to now, this is a key component of, of what I work with my own clients on. And it's really been life-changing for them mm. because you are enrolling. Of course, you need to know how to enroll clients in this, in this service, but you're enrolling people in a journey to get to their goals and it's, it's definitely a bigger commitment for them. And yet for the right people, it's so exciting. Yeah. It is a full commitment on their part. Like you are in it with them. You are in it together and you're the guide taking them on this journey to meet those goals. I love it. And, and um, you know, yoga is an unregulated industry. There's no upper limit on how much you can charge except that you need to feel good about it. But when you, what you're talking about here is building in more value. Yes. And definitely people being aware that there is greater value in a package, package service rather than here's your three class pass stamp, stamp, whatever, right. see you next time. Um, so you can charge a higher price point for it. But the thing that comes up for me in hearing you speak about what you would have done differently for Greg is how working with people in the way you're describing is actually much more professionally rewarding going on that oh, journey yes. with somebody. As, as the as the um, business owner, as the the coach or the yoga therapist or the body worker, much more rewarding. I, I know with my clients, I you know I love having a, a session here and there with somebody. But wow, going on a journey with somebody just I love that's it. exactly right. Yeah, and so the way what I do is I tell people anybody who's been teaching yoga or in a wellness practice for any period of time, you know, we've all had. Um, crappy clients, <laughs> or the, right? Everybody's had those. And then we've all had these clients who have like kind of stayed around, like, right? The, the dream clients. Yeah. And that you want to design all, all of your programs and plans around those dream clients. Yes. And so you mentioned at the top of the um, interview, you said there are freelancers. And so I actually call it the freelance mindset that we need to move out of the freelance mindset and into the business owner and guide and mentor mindset. Ooh, and, ooh, ooh, interesting. And the freelance mindset is kind of like, well, I just saw these sessions and whoever shows up is who buys my services. And of course I'm here to serve everybody there is to serve. Why would I ever turn anyone away? Versus moving into this mode is more like, who am I really here to guide on this journey? Mm -hmm. Who are these people? What are their pains and problems and goals and desires? Mm -hmm. And forming your whole business around them. Mm -hmm. And 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 the and it may be I'm thinking of you know the people who are watching the, it might be a tiered approach maybe you have weekly classes and it's a, an hour and it's twenty bucks and actually anybody all the annoying people the guy who's kind of creepy the woman who just won't leave they can all come to those <laughs> but if you're talking about like I'm going to be your uh, yoga mentor or your you know your your whatever you want to call it embodiment guide whatever then you get to be more specific and selective on who those people are that you want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely have different tiers of service for sure. There's a lot of different ways to organize it when it comes to just practically speaking. Yeah. So how does, how does thinking about service delivery in this way create more certainty or more sort of financial stability? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I know that uh, most most practitioners and coaches, unless they've been trained this way, don't think of the don't use the word sales usually. But when I use this word sale, I'm talking about you know each time you get a client. Yep. So if you're selling session by session, a sale is just a session. ten bucks. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when you're selling programs and plans like this, you know, a program or plan might be three thousand dollars. Let's say maybe it's fifteen hundred, three thousand. It could even be higher. Really depends on how it's designed. And so your sale, the value of your sale, goes up that much higher, right? Mm. So if you're selling a fifteen hundred dollar package, you've made a fifteen hundred dollar sale versus the ten dollar class or whatever. Mm. So of course, there's just much more kind of predictable money there, but this is where um, this is where right now with this pandemic, any of my clients who have worked with me and already implemented this whole system, they have continued to um, get income and serve their clients, even the ones that are brick and mortar, because their clients are on these long-term commitment plans and they've simply shifted yes, how yes. they're delivering services. So a lot of times, like I'm thinking of a, a fitness studio owner who emailed me the other day. She's actually done working with me, had finished working with me, but emailed me the other day and she said, oh my God, everything you did with me prepared me for this. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And so she's working with her clients online, but they, they've all been on, they're all on monthly memberships is what they're on. And so they just continue to pay. So there's no change in income there. And it's even the same for like body worker clients of mine. It's the same way. They're yeah. just serving them in different ways. I love um, that. So yes, it's, it's predictable income. And so when you get somebody, for example, on a plan or program that is, there can be there could be a pay in full option or a monthly option is how, mm -hmm. how many people will do it. Mm -hmm. And so that monthly option is automatically billed. You're not invoicing them. You're not right. It's just <laughs> automatically put into the system. Um, and so that's when you can actually look out in front of you and say, this is how much money is coming in next month and the month after that and the month after that. Right. So if there's any kind of shortfall, you see how much money to make in new sales or new clients. Yeah. One of the things I've been um, talking about, with some of my clients recently is uh, we've been looking at Facebook advertising and how you can look at the return on your Facebook advertising investment over time. And um, the, one of the great things about this sort of monthly membership is it makes it, you can also start to budget in well, what is my new client attraction rate and how much money do I need to have budgeted for to be calling in new yes. people because this is the average number of months people will stay a member or so it gives you not only certainty on the bottom line, but also looking at your expenses as well and your client attraction budget. Absolutely. Yeah. Cost of acquisition. And yes. when your average sale is so much higher than even, you know, spending $500 a month on Facebook ads or something, if your average sale is 1500, it yeah. makes it pretty easy to, to do it for yeah. one client, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is so interesting. Okay, so let me, on behalf of people who are listening or watching this thinking, yeah, that's never going to work. For, we're not gyms or, you know, that's not yogic or that's not spiritual, all that sort of stuff. Like let me ask you some devil, devil's advocate -y kind of, uh, but what about questions? All right. Um, so, what about, <laughs> so, so what about people who might be feeling that you're um, locking people, it's locking someone into a service that they may no longer need? What, if, what yeah. if I injure myself or what if I don't like it that much or I want to try something else? Yeah, this is definitely, so the try, let me try it. This is definitely moving away from that. Like okay. in my 
in my opinion, it's like anybody can go try a yoga class anywhere. Um, this is really about who are you and what are your goals and why are you looking for yoga, right? Why is this of interest to you? What are you after? Yeah. And so the enrollment, okay, so that's number one to say. Number two is um, I teach my clients anyway, the enrollment process is super important and really, really powerful. Okay, so, so some people are listening thinking, what the F is in it? What is that? Process, huh? Yeah. So that is whatever your sales process is. And I teach it in the form of a consultation. Sure. And because I work with so many practitioners, uh, many times that consultation is actually a very um, in-depth assessment. Yes. Yep. So for example, I have really quite a number of body workers that work with me. So people come to them in pain and with injury. So in order to properly um, assess what they need and how long that's going to be. They're doing a full assessment to yeah. see what's going on. And that's where they make that assessment from. Does that make sense? It so does. it's it totally not, does. it's not arbitrary to say, sign up for six months or sign up for three months. Yeah. It's based on doing a consultation and an assessment with somebody and really know it. You have to know your clients and you have to look at the longer you've been a yoga teacher, I'm sure you've seen yeah. how quickly some people respond, how, how slowly others do, what are the signs, right? You have mm. to be good at your craft for sure for this to, this wouldn't be for beginners. I would say somebody just starting to be a teacher or practitioner yeah. or coach, yeah. they need to first get their hands on or their, or their brains on a number of people. Like you yes. need to have served people for a while and be really quite good at what you do and rely on that experience at it. So, um, so to me, the, the programs are designed based on client needs. They're not about okay. you and not about, they're not arbitrary and they're not about the business. The programs are based on client needs. The pricing does need to be based on providing a profitable business for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that enrollment process, just want to say, that's a really key piece of this. So this is not something that would like, you know, go on a website or a sales page and you wouldn't expect people to buy off that. And not only that, you wouldn't want to ever yes. enroll somebody if they weren't the right fit for you. So you have to be really clear on yeah. who you serve and you want to use the consultation process to really make sure this is somebody you absolutely can help. I love this. It just that feels just uh, has so much integrity. Like you're really customizing what you, as the skilled practitioner, believes would be in the highest service to the customer, to the student, to the so people who do uh, Ayurvedic consultations or people who do uh, sort of spiritual guidance. I mean, there's all sorts of yoga teachers who do other things as well, as well as yoga therapy or whatever it may be. This, this is really a perfect way to bring all of that together. A yeah. lot of people I work with have all these different components and they get confused about it. And so, you yeah. know, when they come to me on their website, they might have like six different service offerings. This is a way to integrate it for anybody who really wants to take a truly holistic approach and work with individuals, right? In using all these different modalities that they have. I really like it. And it gets to be... Um such a, a nourishing relationship for both parties. Like we said, it's coming back to this idea of we're going on a journey together. Totally. And yep, it is all about alignment. And I'm glad you can, I'm glad you know that and can feel it because that is, I mean, that is when you fall in love with your business because yes, you are yes. truly living like the purpose that you even started it with. Like you're really 
hitting it right there, you know. So how do how do people find out about this? You don't have it as a generic sales page. How do you how do you let people know that this is a way that they can work with you? What's the because you don't want to. Yeah. It's not like you don't want to tell everybody, hey, I'm having a house party if three people you don't want to show up. Like, how do you manage that? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you design up a, a sales pipeline. So I know you're great at marketing. So, of course, you want to have the right language. I, I teach my clients about really understanding the, the pains and problems and goals and desires mm-hmm. of their ideal clients in their words. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are the kind of promises you're calling out to those pains, problems, goals, and desires. But as far as like what's on a website or what the offer is on a social media post, it's always schedule a consultation with me Uh, to talk about, you know, yeah, um, and calling out to, to solve your pain or to solve your problem or to get to your goal or get to your desire, whatever the different language, the different marketing language you would use. But that's the call to action is schedule a consultation. Any little tips? I, I, this is just so, such great stuff. Um, what about people who the idea of even talking about money terrifies them, let alone getting someone maybe even in the room with them or on the phone and then saying, um, $1,500. Like what, for people who, who struggle to even just tell somebody, actually, you still owe me $5 from last week. <laughs> this could be, you know, terrifying the idea of that sort of sticker shock of someone thinking that you're going to say, oh, it'll be $150 and there's an extra zero on it. This might be quite yeah. foreign for people. Well, hang on, I'm used to little bits of lots and lots of little bits of money asking for one large sum might be terrifying. Yeah. Well, there's two pe- two parts to that question. I mean, okay. first, let me just throw out that... Um, Yes, it, it's a large sum to begin with, but can, you know, can be paid monthly. But two pieces that, to that question, you sure don't want your prospect, your prospective client yep. to come into a consultation having no idea yes, of, of, of any piece of what you're offering. So yep. we put filters in place, qualification filters. So if we're talking about a, a, a brick and mortar, like a studio or anybody yep. who meets their people in person, which is yep. not quite happening right now, but usually... Um, I, what I have kind of two different paths that I teach my clients on. One is a phone pre-qualification. And so that's for the type of business where people are calling you, right? Where you have an office phone or maybe it's your own phone, but people are calling you to schedule something. Mm -hmm. And so the phone pre-qualification is a really simple, you do it the same every time you kind of write your own little script for it, but it's where you qualify people. It's where you actually decide, you decide ahead of time, what's really a yes client, what's really a no client. And are there any like perfect, not perfect. Are there any very clear black and white questions I can ask that filter somebody out kind of right off the bat? So for example, when I owned the gym, like location was one of them, right? That's a very simple one. Do you know where we're located and can you get here three times a week? Yeah. And so that's just so that that doesn't become, you know, that's not an issue. Um, there, you can put in there absolutely budget questions. So you can say our programs range from, you know, three months to 12 months at a time, or we could say something like a minimum of three months. We yep. start every client with a minimum of three months and the price, the cost of, of services ranges from this to this. Is that in your budget? So that's just a simple pre-qualifying question for like a brick and mortar type business. Like that. If so people know um, and they don't, there's not that awkward embarrassing or even shameful moment where someone goes, oh God, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you don't want to send your 
time either. Like you yeah. want them to know right up front what, what you're about. Yeah. So that has to be crafted really well um, because it's not the, the pre-qualification phone call is not a sales call, right? You are not asking anybody to make any kind of decision. This is just the person who's calling you up and going, I wanted to find out about, you know, yeah. about yeah. your studio. And so it's just kind of a basic informational thing. And for anybody who has a, you know, front desk reception kind of person, they would be the one who do that, who does that. Um, for online businesses, uh, an online application is really mm -hmm. the way to go. And mm -hmm. it can have the same type of things in mm. it. I like that. Yeah, so that's so that's part one, and then part two is what. So they've been pre-qualified already. They have some sense of the of the price or the range at least. And then in the consultation itself, I have my clients practice saying the numbers. <laughs> I don't. I don't I like know if that. you do that. But, I like that. You know, and then I push them up and up and up until way above what they're actually going to charge, just to like you know fifty thousand dollars. It's worth <laughs> million dollars every three. <laughs> That's but I mean to yoga. legitimately say it, you know, <laughs> so, um, you know, it all sort of, it all, it all changes once, once someone makes their first sale with that and then has the experience of working, it's the, it's getting the yes and getting the first sale and then working with the client and seeing how powerful it is to work yes. in that kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I always say to people, I had someone email me the other day saying, what gives you the right to charge so much money? You're, what makes, I can't even get $65 an hour and why are you so special? You know, it's triggering for people who are still on the journey. And I say, I say this, it sounds so trite when I say it, and, but um, I think once you're on the other side of having done it, it you know it to be true that, that when people invest financially at a higher financial level, they invest energetically more fully, like they are more committed to themselves. They're investing in themselves at that price point. If I've bought someone's three-month yoga therapy mentorship, I'm doing the stuff that you told me to do at home. I'm thinking about my diet. I'm going to bed at the times that we talked about, you know, et cetera, because I've got more skin in the game. I'm more invested in my own results. 100%. 100%. I mean, that is what it is. That's, yeah. that's really what it's about is yeah. that investment in themselves. It is, I mean, I don't think of it as them paying you the practitioner. I think of it as them investing in going on this journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that you have to have some pretty good boundaries, like terms, conditions, all that, like you need to have all of that squared away so that you feel like there's a shared understanding of the, the the mechanics of the agreement. Absolutely. So sure. I, I mean, I advocate for a formal client agreement, but yeah. that's something all discussed in that enrollment process. You want yeah. somebody when they say they want to do it, you want to make sure they're a hundred percent in and they know what all the guidelines and, and boundaries are. However, what I find is that when you, when you move solely to this model you, uh, you, your clients are so invested in their progress, um, that, and when you're priced right and you're really doing this right and your business is rolling strong because of it, mm. that it does become easy. I don't want to say to break boundaries, but it doesn't feel like crossing boundaries. You feel more generous in giving true. if somebody needs a little extra of something so because it's, always, just, yeah, it's, it's true. You're, you're both so in together yes. and you're being compensated totally fairly and yes. it's already all been paid. It has nothing to do with paying more to get some extra service, right? Yeah, totally. And so it becomes much uh, it become, it just becomes much easier to give. There's zero, you know, resentment or feeling like you're, 
your, yeah. um, you know, like nobody's demanding anything of it. You're giving out of your heart. I love that. I, I, I hadn't thought about it like that, but you, that's totally what happens for me with my clients. I'm like, well, you're in drama quick. Let's get on the phone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that goes to also to really making sure you're enrolling the right people, the right. you know, and building yes. that business around those people. Which was going to be my final, I promise, question. Is it okay to say no to somebody who really wants to work with you, but the alarm bells are going off and it just doesn't feel like the right fit? Can you turn people away? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I just did the other day. Yeah. This is for all the codependent yogis out there, <laughs> Joanna. So, but it is okay. Absolutely. And so hopefully through kind of your filters, you'll, you know, through a pre-qualification process, you'll get a heads up. Um, and you can even, you can even kind of not even have a consultation with somebody who has red flags, clear red flags, but you might get into a consultation where some red flags show up. And so what I say in my consultations, when I begin them, so mine are online here, like, you know, um, but I say, well, here's how the consultation goes. You know, I'm going to ask you several questions about your business and da, da, da. And, and then I say, and if what you need is a good fit for what I provide and you're a good match for me, I'll let you know that. And if you're not, I'll let you know that too. And if I have yeah. somebody else I can refer you to, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, you know, how's nice. that sound? And so then I'm not saying you're not a good fit. I don't want to work with you. I've already said, you know, this is, I've already said, I might say that this isn't yes. an exact match with my services. So then I'm just saying, so here's what I see. And this, 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 it's not actually a match with my services, but here's who I think would be, you know? Yeah. Someone that I don't um, like because you're a weirdo and I'm looking to get revenge. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned before we got going that you might have a resource that people can go get. Uh, if they wanted to go find it now, where would we tell us your way? I'm guessing that we can noodle around on your website and find it, but tell us about it. What is it and why should we get it? Yeah. So I have a webinar that I did live, but it's this, the recording is there available and it's called five shifts to get long-term clients and steady predictable income. And it's actually quite a bit of information that I didn't necessarily talk about today too. So it's got all kinds of extra goodies and you can find that on the home, on the homepage of my website, joannasapir.com. So good. Really good. I really like, you know, I really like how there's, I talk to so many yoga teachers who are just feeling like they've got, they want to serve in deeper ways. They've done the running all over town thing. They've done the teaching 20 classes a week. They're looking for depth. What you're talking about lends itself so well to that sort of service. Really Absolutely. nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being an awesome guest. That was great. Thank you for, yeah. Thank you for having me. Fun talking to you. Thanks for wearing my brand colors and having your wall painted in my brand color. I, you know, you've really gone to great lengths. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> I told you I had no idea this was going to be on video. I wish I looked that good for not having any idea about this being on video. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask, if you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.